Happy Thursday, Razorback fans. You got two days until Arkansas, South Carolina at 11 a.m. in Fayetteville. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, SEC opener, Arkansas versus South Carolina. Spencer Rattler is coming to your house. That guy. I don't know, Robert, did you see the clip? I, I haven't seen that before. I think it was from that show, QB1, Beyond the Lights, where he was like telling his receivers that they suck and like they are awful and they need to play better. And the receivers were like, dang, Spencer, chill. And he was like, no, you guys suck. Did you see that? I, I did not see that. But uh, if, if that's what South Carolina is looking at, then uh, it'll be a bit of a bit of a different story from Cincinnati in the past week. I need to I need to like put the put that video in this after like right now I'm going to put that video. So you're going to listen to it right now and then we'll be back in a second. He caught that! He caught that! No cap! What are you doing? Our receivers suck! That's all on you, bro. You missed four or five easy-ass passes. We would have the best practices every single day if we did that. No, we need competition every day. That gets me going, bro. I can't believe you said that is my fault. You missed so many passes, bro. I missed maybe three. Yeah, I know. I know. And that caused us to game. You're a great leader because you take responsibility for everything. You know? You're like, you know what, guys? That's on me. Instead of saying, you know what, Caleb? You suck. Here you go again. That's all I hear. You're like, Caleb, that's on you. Jack, Maddie, you suck. That's all I hear. Marcus, when have I thrown you a horrible ball? I'm just saying, you, you, you never, you never. Oh, Zucky brought me in the offensive side. Oh, you know what I like? Oh, oh, yeah. I like you, and I like how you point the thumb now. I said thanks. Like, what did you just do in one-on-ones? You were I just like. I'm on you. Because <laughs> you suck. Why don't you try to pick me up, right? Why don't you try to pick me up? Huh? All you do is you put me down. You shake up my You won the Elite 11, Spence. Okay. You're the cockiest. Jack Feller's better than you. Got him. What's up? You said I you said I wouldn't win it. I I never said yeah, that. You make me better, JD. Yeah, I know. Uh, and you just put me down. Because <laughs> you're soft. I'm you just ain't hard. Sensitive, boy. You a girl. Come on. Yeah, so Spencer Rattler hate week. I guess that's what it is. And so uh South Carolina coming to Fayetteville today. On the Gridiron Hogs podcast, that's what you're listening to. Mason Choke, Robert Stewart from hogbeat.com, part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network. We're going to be talking about how and why Arkansas will beat South Carolina. I think we both agree that Arkansas will win. Uh, the South Carolina beat writers that we've talked to think that Arkansas will win as well. So um, it's it's looking that way, but you know it's it's got to be played out on the gridiron. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the stuff that we heard on Wednesday. Wednesday was a busy day. Uh, SEC teleconference, we talked to Dave Van Horn on Wednesday. We're going to be at baseball practice today, actually. That's exciting. Um, and then Sam Pittman, uh, press conference, Wednesday press conference. And so, excuse me, this is kind of what we heard from Sam Pittman. Um, Dominique Johnson, it seems like he's just going to be a game-time decision. That's That's what it seems like to me. Uh, it's, it, he said it's up in the air, whether he'll play him or not this week. Um, he did though say that he thinks 
Um, let's see. He looked to me, me being Sam Pittman, he looked to Sam Pittman like he's ready to go, but he'll have to see how Dominique Johnson feels about it before they decide. Um, so he said it's kind of up to him, Dominique Johnson. So that's interesting. And that would be that would be huge to get Dominique Johnson back for Arkansas against the South Carolina team that uh, their run defense isn't that great. And so that's one thing that in, in the behind the enemy lines story that I'll be putting out today on hogbeat.com, Gamecock Stoop, Gamecock Scoops, Caleb Alexander, who came on this podcast, talked about how South Carolina's run defense was terrible last year. It's got a, I mean, like they, they've only played one game this year, so you don't know exactly how good they're going to be. But that's something that Arkansas can exploit. And if Dominique Johnson is back, Robert, then they'll be even better. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll add a, a fresh look to to the Razorback rushing attack. You know, we've talked about it every time we brought up Dominic Johnson. I feel like there's no need to rush him back. Um, you know, maybe maybe now that he's out of green, it makes sense to to bring him in on a limited basis. You know, give him a snap count just just to get a taste uh, of of how he can really perform uh, post injury. But um, you know. Last week against Cincinnati, the, the the Hogs fared pretty well without him. 20 carries, 117 yards for Rocket Sanders. Really strong start for your RB1. Um, and then and then A.J. Green and and Rashad Dominion even factoring in uh, in his in his first collegiate game. So uh, those those three combined with KJ Jefferson uh, bring bring a very, very valuable asset to the Arkansas offense and. Uh, you know, it figures to only get stronger upon Johnson's return. Yeah, I mean, Sam Pittman talked about I, – I asked him about if Dominique Johnson is back, and even if he's not, how do you plan on splitting up carries? Because he said that he liked what he saw from A.J. Green last week. He liked from what he saw from Rashad Dominion. And so he said – basically he said, like, if Dominique Johnson is back, he's going to get plenty of carries because he believes that Dominique Johnson was a top-two running back last year for sure. He believes the same thing this year on that squad Dominique Johnson is. So – I mean, if he's if he's good to go, he's going to get touches, and that's because they truly believe in him. And you saw it on the field last year. He's a very talented running back. He's a hard guy to bring down. He keeps the legs churning, and when you have a running back like that, you want to give him the ball. You want to give a ball to a guy that doesn't want to stop running, and that's what Dominic Johnson is. So, uh, another thing, Kyrie Johnson, he's probably going to have to step up this week, especially without Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher. Now. Here's the thing about Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher. Everybody keeps asking about it. I mean, I see tweets all day through the timeline of, like, any news on Catalan and Slusher? It's like, first of all, they're not going to tell us. Sam Pittman is not going to tell us. that they're Even if they knew that, you know, one of the players was out for the season or something like that, they're not going to tell us that going into South Carolina week. So um, we have heard rumors, put it that way, and we're not going to report those rumors. Um, but let's just assume that Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher are not going to play this weekend. I really don't think they will. I think you can infer off of what Sam Pittman has said that they're not going to play this weekend. I think that that's a fair assumption. Yeah, I mean, based on his track record, like his uncertainty about these two guys this week, I mean, it tracks, right? Like he's been uncertain about guys in the past and they haven't played the week that he's been uncertain. Like, and and the other thing going on what you just said, like, if there were news on on Slusher and Catalan, we'd be reporting it. Like exactly. Like, why would we keep that information from people? Like, that's our job is to give the information, not to keep it. I would not be good at my job if I was keeping that information. So 
I, that's just one thing. Like, I, I people are in my DMs every single day. Like, any news on Catalan? And I, I just respond with only what Sam Pittman has said. And I'll, I'll tell them, like, I've heard rumors, but I'm not going to speculate. So that's that. Let's assume that they're not going to play. Kari Johnson's probably going to play. You'll see him at safety and nickel, probably. I don't think he'll play at corner. Uh, so expect to see Kari Johnson out there. It, uh, you didn't see him a whole lot in week one. Uh, Rivals is still working out their deal with pro football focus, so I can't pull up his snap count. I don't even know if he played a snap. He might have. He might have not. I was more focused on, you know, the guys at corner, Dwight McGlother and Hudson Clark. And then, of course, once Catalan and Slusher went down, then you were paying attention to Breeny and Blair and Jaden Johnson. And so there's a lot going on. But Kari Johnson, yes, expect to see him. Uh, I, let's see, what else did Sam Pittman talk about? Uh, I wanted There was one more thing that I wanted to bring up. I mean, he brought oh. up Latavius Brady, too. He, he mentioned yeah. mentioned him as a guy that that probably Brady himself, like, expects himself to be better. But, um, you know, he, he filled in for Catalan last week. Expect to see him again. I mean, he's a guy who started 11, 11 games for a national champion last year. I mean, while you have two defensive backs out, like expect to see him in the mix a lot. Yeah, he said that uh, we're in a great situation there if Catalan and Slusher can't play and they'd be in a good situation with having Brini. He was a big get for them in the transfer portal, and he and Pittman anticipates Brini as a guy that'll uh, that'll certainly play well. It's a big deal to have him because he's had that experience over in his career, so he's not going to be a fish out of water. So that's, I mean, that's good. As you mentioned, played for Georgia, one of the greatest defenses of all time last year. Um, so that's that's a good thing to have Latavius Brini there. And, you know, that's one thing that we talked about going into this season was the, the depth that they had at secondary. And so I think we even talked about on this podcast, like if something happens to Jalen Catalan, yes, you're losing, you know, probably an All-American. But you have depth there. You just didn't really want to have to go to that depth after week one and especially throw in Miles Slusher is out too. Um, it's tough for Arkansas, but they're going to figure it out. Last thing was uh, Malik Hornsby, not a drastic, uh, you know, uptick to his play, but Pittman said he might get two or three more plays. So that was interesting. I thought the offense was electric when Malik Hornsby was out there. It just, it, it's just so difficult for a defense to game plan for that. Cause not only are you having a game plan for KJ Jefferson, who we're going to hear from every coach throughout the entire season that you cannot game plan for a guy like that. Um, you have to game plan for the running backs. You have to game plan for Landers, for Knox, for Hazelwood. Now you're throwing in a backup quarterback who, first of all, he does have an arm like Malik Hornsby can throw the football. We know he's gotten better at throwing the football. Second of all, when he's on that field, he's probably the fastest guy on that field. And so how are you supposed to game plan for that, Robert? You can't. Right, exactly. Um, and and you know what's crazy about the, the game against Cincinnati? I don't know if you hit on this on Monday when I wasn't on the show, but, like, did we, we didn't really see any, like, fancy trick plays in, in the Arkansas offense at all. And No, they did that. They did that backwards pass to Hornsby. And apparently he had Hazelwood open on the play, but he decided to tuck it and run, still picked up like 15 yards on it. So, that, I mean, the, and then there was one, I think, where he just like, you know, motioned over and became the quarterback for a little bit. And so, I mean, like there's so many different things you can do with that guy on the field. The only issue is he's your backup quarterback. And so – you don't want to put him at risk 
you know, a whole lot because then you're in a situation where you're losing your backup quarterback. And we know they feel confident in Cade Fortin, and that's a good thing that allows you to do those things with Malik Hornsby, but he's number two on the depth chart for a reason. So, Right. Um, you know, we, we've, or I guess I've talked about this a bunch, like it, the, the reason it makes sense for, for Malik Hornsby to play out wide in my mind is because Kendall Bryles loves to go with these trick plays. Um, it, it opens up a lot more to do. Like you said, it makes it incredibly harder to game plan. Um, I mean, unless they're, unless they're going to use you, I mean, utilize these, these unconventional plays, it doesn't really make sense to have Hornsby in the game. Uh, you know, unless KJ Jefferson is hurt or they're up several scores and they don't need Jefferson out there. Um, it, if, if you're going to get crazy and have somebody else beside Jefferson throwing the ball, it might as well be Malik Hornsby. I agree. I agree. Okay, let's get into why Arkansas will beat Georgia State. Okay, do you remember your score prediction for this game? Why they're going to beat Georgia uh, not State. Not Georgia State. I'm looking at the Georgia State-South Carolina box score. So Arkansas will beat South Carolina. Do you remember your score prediction for Arkansas-South Carolina? Um, I was looking at it the other day because I did an interview with uh with the South Carolina student paper, and I think before the season I said 24-23. I believe the other day I said 27-20. So I think, like, I tell you what, I don't think they're going to cover eight points. I think the line's down to eight points now. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing that will that will happen. Six or seven point win seems very attainable to me. Okay. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Let's talk. Let's look at this, though. Um, here's the thing. So Georgia State, I don't think that they were a great passing team. I feel like they're more of a run heavy team anyways. Um, their quarterback was seven for 29 passing, had an interception. Excuse me. Here's the thing, though. He was seven for 29, and he had a better QBR than Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler threw for 227 yards, averaged 6.1 yards a pass, had a touchdown, two interceptions, and had a 28.6 QBR, which was the lowest of all SEC quarterbacks last week. Georgia State ran for 20 yards, though, averaged five or 200 yards, averaged five yards a carry. That's going to be huge. I mean, if Georgia State can average five yards a carry against South Carolina, who has two five stars on their defensive line. How can how how much can Arkansas run for when they re- return four SEC starting offensive linemen? They got Luke Jones, and they also led all of Power Five teams in rushing last year. I feel like Arkansas, you know, they could have a field day against South Carolina. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that that was the first thought that came into my head when I saw those rushing stats. Right, like. I mean, we we heard in a, in the interview the other day that like eighty of those two hundred yards came on like two plays, right? But that tells me that the Gamecocks are susceptible to giving up a long rushing play. If it happens twice against a team like Georgia State, um, like, I mean, I I understand that. I mean that that skews the average a bunch, but at the same time, like, again, for for a program that led the Power Five in rushing. Last year, like that's not that's not really that encouraging uh, that, you know, 80 yards came on two plays because that could easily happen for Arkansas as well. And, you know, they could probably rush for 250 yards, not just 200. Yeah, I, I to be quite honest with you, I think they could rush for more than 250. Like, I, I think that that's very attainable. Um, Absolutely. We'll, 
we'll stick on the offensive side of the ball for Arkansas. Um, I think KJ Jefferson, um, I don't know how much they're going to throw it because you like what they have in the running game, but they are going to throw the ball. And we heard from Caleb Alexander that South Carolina's defensive backs, you know, they're just like Arkansas was last week. South Carolina can give up the big play as well. So uh, how much is Arkansas going to exploit that? I'd like to see them, you know, take a shot downfield. They didn't really do that last week. I'd like to see that this week. Um, you'd think that Trey Knox is going to be able to tear things up. And if, if South Carolina looks at Trey Knox and says, hey, let's throw him a double team, well, guess what? you still got Matt Landers, Jaden Hazelwood, Warren Thompson, maybe Keetron Jackson's in the game. Plus, you got a running back coming out of the backfield, and either Rocket Sanders or A.J. Green, maybe even Dominique Johnson, all three of those guys can catch the ball. Rocket Sanders, a very good pass catcher, A.J. Green as well. So I think Arkansas's offense, you know, this is shaping up to be a game. And Caleb said it. He said that it could be a high-scoring game. I think you said 27-20. I had – uh. Uh, thirty-four, twenty-four. Heck, it might be more than that for Arkansas. Yeah, it 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 might for sure. Um, I mean, talking about the past game, like Trey Knox and Jaden Hazelwood both proved that they probably ought to be getting the ball more uh, after what they did against Cincinnati. Um, you know, Matt Landers and Warren Thompson. I don't think they have bad games either. Um, they you know, they didn't score, but you know, again, like you said, Arkansas didn't really go for for the long ball. I think they they certainly could be beneficiaries of it. You know, we we always hear about how fast Matt Landers is. It feels like that was a little bit untapped last week. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to see him loose in the defensive backfield and you know, 75 yard score. See what happens. You know. Yeah. Um. So South Carolina's defense they had no sacks, six tackles for loss nine pass deflections, six QB hurries, and an interception. We know that they scored 14 points on special teams. Um, So, I mean, their defense just – I mean, it was okay. It wasn't anything crazy against this Georgia State offense. But you look at the Georgia State defense against the South Carolina offense, they had three sacks, seven tackles for loss, four pass deflections, six QB hurries, and two interceptions. Uh, both interceptions came from the same guy, Quavian White. So I don't, I don't know if he's like really good, or if he was just in the right place at the right time. But I look at this: three sacks, seven tackles for loss, uh, six QB hurries. This could shape up to be a good day for the Arkansas D line. It's just like how much are they going to send the house to Spencer Rattler? Because you also have to think. You're gonna have to drop some guys back. We know that they were running the dime package. They they might have six DBs back there. Well, you know what are you gonna do with bumper pull Drew Sanders? How often are you gonna blitz Drew Sanders? But I mean, this looks like something to take advantage of, and it's you can get a rush against South Carolina if Georgia State can do it. You would think Arkansas could do it. Yeah, I mean, it, Georgia State's not a Power Five team. I know. They're, they're a good group of five team, according to Caleb the other day. But, um, I mean, hosting hosting a team like that compared to being on the road in the SEC the following week, I, I think the Gamecocks are in for a real step up in competition, even, even as the Hogs did not perform their best last week. Okay, you say that, and I feel like, I feel like we need to clarify this on this podcast because we posted our – uh, last look episode on Monday and people were like in the comments mad at us like guys come on it's the first game are you serious 
And it's like, yes, we understand. Cincinnati, great football team. But our job is not to sit here and say, well, Arkansas did this great. Arkansas did that great. We're going to talk about the things that went wrong. We'll talk about the things that went good, too. Trey Knox, great job. K.J. Jefferson, KJ Jefferson, still a really good quarterback. Jordan Dominic, heck yeah. You know, Dwight like McLaughlin. Dwight McLaughlin, yeah. But he the thing is, it's like we talked about Dwight McLaughlin, and then we also talked about the fact that Dwight McLaughlin still got burned a couple times. It's like not everybody was perfect. And, you know, our job is to talk about the things that happened. And so that's what we did. Uh, where's this playing from? Can you hear that? It helps their health live longer. There we go. Could you hear that? I, I could. <laughs> okay. I pause it. Hopefully we don't get copyrighted for that. Um, That'd be awkward. Uh, so Arkansas's defense, though, got three sacks against a Cincinnati offensive line that was very veteran. And so if they can do that against Cincinnati, a team in the college football playoff last year, uh, I mean, like, I, I just feel like this is shaping up. The more I look at it, I feel like Arkansas – you talked about Arkansas not covering. The more I look at it, I feel like Arkansas will cover it. Maybe they win by two touchdowns or something. Maybe I need to change my score prediction. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Uh, I want to circle back to one thing uh, on the, you know – we're we're not like sitting here and making this stuff up about the hogs like looking less than as good as they could be, right? Like Sam Pittman, everybody that we've talked to this week is like, Yeah, we've got things to work on. Like the it's coming from the locker room too. It's it's not just we're not just reporting what we're seeing. And and we are doing that, but it's it's also coming from the locker room. So Yeah, but I mean like that. People, I just don't, I don't get it, Robert. I mean, like, we can't sit here. We have, we have to be sunshine pumpers all the time. So, that is, that's just unfortunately not what we do. That, well, the thing is, is like, but we can also sit here and say, Arkansas would be a really good football team in Cincinnati, you know? Right. And Tim Pittman came in and he was like, after the game, he was like, I never want to play that team again. Like, I'm glad right. that we're one and oh. Never want to play that team again. I'm I'm so happy that that game is over with, and Arkansas won it. And that's the biggest thing is like, whatever. Arkansas won the game. Now they play South Carolina, and that's what we're talking about. I I just I I think that Arkansas, and I I wrote this in the uh, the preseason uh, predictions thread or story that we did. I wrote that look Shane Beamer, what he's building at South Carolina, it seems to be good. It seems to be what he's doing at South Carolina is a good job. He's building something. But Sam Pittman has a Sam Pittman has a year on him. And that's a year of recruiting. That's a year of building these guys who are already in the program. We've heard a whole lot about Jamil Walker and how he's built these guys up, gotten them stronger. Um Sam Pittman has another year on Shane Beamer of getting his guys to SEC size, SEC strength, and SEC speed. And that's why I think that Arkansas is just a step above South Carolina going into this game. I, I think that that's the case. You also got your home crowd behind you. I think the only way Arkansas loses this game is if they make the mental mistakes, if they have penalties, if KJ Jefferson has a couple turnovers, if if the defense, you know, if the defense gets hurt like they did last week, We've talked about it, you know, extensively on this podcast. Spencer Rattler will make those throws that Ben Bryant did not. So you have to think that they've been in the film room cleaning that stuff up, talking about, hey, this is what you did wrong here. This is how you got beat. And so I feel like they've got that extra week. They've already played. They've seen that live action. That's the thing is like going into that first game, you don't really know what to expect. 
but you can learn a whole lot between week one and week two. And I think Arkansas is going to do that. South Carolina will do it as well. But I think Arkansas played probably a more clean game against a much better team than South Carolina did against a much worse team. Can, can you agree with that? I, I absolutely do. And, and you know, I, I've heard the, the comparisons to the Arkansas-Georgia game last year a lot this week. I was at that game. I mean, the student section for, for the Bulldogs was, like, full-on packed, like, 60 minutes before kickoff. Like, the, the crowd is definitely going to play a factor this week. You know, I heard some issues with, with the student section last week. Like, people waited in line for two hours, like, after kickoff to get into the game. Um, Hunter Juracek addressed that on Twitter this week. Maybe it will get better. Um, but either way, I mean, students, fans, they're, they're all going to be there. Uh, you, you saw the impact they had on, on the one drive. Cincinnati took over on the Arkansas three. They only got three points out of it. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough to play uh, an SEC game at eleven o'clock in the morning on the road. So uh, home field advantage is definitely gonna to, it's gonna play a big part in this one, I would think. Yeah, and the thing about the Arkansas student section, like maybe a quarter of it, thirty percent of it left after like halftime last week. So you would hope that they don't do that. I I don't I don't see why you leave. Maybe it's because it was hot or something, but. That that's something that they got to figure out too, because I mean you gotta you gotta stay the whole game, you know. It's like it's like baseball. We play nine at bomb, you know. Like you don't play seven eight innings. You play nine innings football. You play four quarters. So, all right, uh, that's why Arkansas will beat South Carolina. Um, we will be back tomorrow, and uh, thank you for listening to the Grown Iron Hogs podcast. Visit hogbeat.com. Got a lot of great content coming out. We'll have some good stuff today as well. Behind the enemy lines, we'll have that injury report robert's gonna have the how to watch story um we got all of that good stuff and before we go want to remind you about our great sponsor and that is myperfectfranchise.net are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify well andy ledecky can help andy is a longtime rivals member and franchise veteran when I say veteran, I mean like this guy has been doing it for a while and he's really good at it. And that's why he's trying to help you. Uh, he's owned multiple franchises and businesses and he uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. It is very thorough. It's like nine steps and he will find you, help find you the right franchise for you. Call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free. So what do you have to lose? Nothing. You have nothing to lose. Call him, 404-973-9901. Email him, aledecky, that's A-L-U-E-D-E-C-K-E at myperfectfranchise.net or visit myperfectfranchise.net to put your career in your own hands. If you have that money sitting around, if you want to diversify your portfolio, if you want to make a little, little cash, call Andy. Andy's made a lot of cash. He wants to help you make cash as well. He wants to share what he's learned with you. All right, Robert. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for listening to the Great Iron Hogs podcast. Mm-hmm.